0: Hi, my name is Case Roberts, and I want to welcome you to the Huddle Up podcast hosted by my parents, Chris and Sarah Roberts. Huddle Up as we talk about God's story, our stories, and
1: yours. Welcome, everyone, to Huddle Up. We are so excited to introduce you to Clyde and Deb Christensen. They have navigated through an NFL life for 25 years. They've been with teams like the Colts where they won a Super Bowl under Tony Dungy, the Miami Dolphins, and currently in their second stint with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You're going to hear about how he's been around some best quarterbacks of all time. I'm talking Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, and currently Tom Brady. But what Sarah and I love most about this couple is they may work for the NFL, they may be in the NFL, but that is not who they are. First and foremost, they simply love the Lord and they love people. Through our relationship and conversations with the Christiansons, we leave better people each and every time. In marriage, parenting, and coaching, we can't soak up enough of their wisdom, and I'm so excited to share some of that with you today. But before we get into their story, let's get into God's.
2: So there was once a wealthy and curious king. This king had a huge boulder placed in the middle of a road, and then he hid nearby to see if anyone would try to remove the gigantic rock from the road. The first... At first, people to pass by were some of the king's wealthiest merchants. Rather than moving it, they simply walked around it. Later, a few townspeople walked by, blaming the king for not maintaining the roads. Not one of them tried to move the boulder. Finally, a peasant came along, his arms full of vegetables. But when he got near the boulder, rather than simply walking around it or complaining about it, as others had, the peasant put down his load and tried to move the stone to the side of the road. It took a lot of effort, but he finally did it. The peasant gathered up his load and was ready to go on his way when he saw a purse lying in the road exactly where the boulder had been. The peasant opened the purse. The purse was stuffed full of gold coins and a note from the king. The king's note simply said that this is a reward for anybody who moves the boulder from the road. Here was a king trying to show us what the king of kings has already told us. Every obstacle presents an opportunity to improve our condition. Condition of our circumstances, and or condition of our hearts. I have been studying in the Hall of Fame of Faith in Hebrews chapter 11. and every single story, although there was different people with different stories and different boulders in their way, each, each passage started with the same. By faith, it was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. His boulder, he was in the desert. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land. His boulder, he didn't know where that land was. It was by faith that Moses led his people out of Egypt. His boulder, he was not the best communicator. It would take so long to recount the stories of faith of Gideon, Samuel, David, Daniel, Rahab, Sarah, and so many more prophets. But by faith, all of these people, throughout their stories, we learned that they overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions and quenched the flames of fire. Their weakness turned into strength. Living by faith is not easy. Living by faith is so not easy. But as Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Having faith means being certain about the God who lives in us when we are uncertain about the world around us. I want to say that one more time. Having faith means being certain about the God who lives in us when we are uncertain about the world around us. You may have uncertainty going on in your life right now. Maybe your job, maybe your family, maybe the future, maybe your health. Learn from each one of these people's stories who are just like you and me. They were unschooled, ordinary, doubt-filled, and full of flaws. It is possible to either move the boulders or change our perspective on the boulders in our lives if we all choose to live by faith.
1: Welcome to the podcast, Coach Clyde and Deb Christensen. Thank you guys so much for coming on with us today.
3: We've been excited about it. It's a pleasure to be on it.
2: Thanks so much. So one thing, the first thing that we like to do each and every single podcast is to get to know you guys a little bit and to let our listeners get to know you a little bit is little icebreaker, you know, you, you can't, um, have an FCA, you know, event or anything without an icebreaker, right? So, um, <laughs> we want to ask three questions. First, how did you meet? Second, how many years have you been married? And third, tell us about your family.
3: Good. You go ahead, baby. <laughs>
0: okay. So, um, we actually met, I guess, officially at an FCA, um, at an FCA event, FCA um, meeting. Um, we kind of knew each other peripherally through friends, But um, and then Clyde invited me to a picnic, an FCA picnic at the end of the school year, and that was kind of our first official date. So we had mutual friends that I think were scheming behind the scenes, but that's sort of how it happened. And then we've been married for 40 years.
3: She had our 40th, so anniversary. Had our 40th anniversary. Oh, man, congratulations. Wow. For two
0: happy anniversary oh, thank you and then you what you tell about our family
3: yeah family wise we have three girls and uh we have three girls we have four, four kids in, in august and, uh, we uh have an, been awful blessed so they were all just down here and uh and uh, deb and i are just about recovered from that stay we went hard <laughs> and uh, but they are they're a blessing and uh Three three great daughters that are living for the Lord and love the Lord, and then, and then uh, four grandkids that that are well on their way, and and uh, so we're, we're really blessed family-wise. And then we got we got a fifth one coming in August uh, down in Dallas, so that, that'll be exciting too. There first.
0: That is Two so amazing centers.
2: That's awesome. That is so awesome because we always joke in FCA that they will. Um, it's really to lead you to the Lord your first love but if you stick around it'll help you lead you to a second one to your spouse right and you guys are perfect example of that
3: <laughs> there you go
2: um and that's and three girls Clyde and now I know why you and dad have such a connection with um, raising three girls i'm I'm sure you guys had some great conversations about that. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I loved your dad and uh, we did have some great conversations and, and I think both just uh, beaming that we had three great daughters and uh, really, it was a blast. I wouldn't have wouldn't have had it any other way now that we've done it and they're doing it and uh, they were an awful lot of, they still are an awful lot of fun. That's awesome.
2: That's, so good. That's awesome. So,
1: good. so coach, I've got to get to the obvious question. Okay. I'm sure you haven't been asked this at all, but uh, I'm a former quarterback. I'm a quarterback coach now. So, you are coaching the greatest quarterbacks of a generation and arguably the best ever. I mean, you coach Peyton Manning. You're now coaching Tom Brady, sprinkling Andrew Luck in there. I mean, that is just incredible. So, how much fun is it to coach those guys?
3: And most of the time, it's a really a lot of fun. There, <laughs> there, there's some moments that aren't a whole lot of fun. But uh, one, thing, one thing about those guys is, is – you know, it's not fun when things aren't going well because they're so highly competitive and, uh, and, uh, but it's, I've always likened it to, I really enjoy coaching the thoroughbred position, you know, but when you coach thoroughbreds, they're, they're special, you're going to get bit and kicked a couple of times on the way <laughs> to the track, but you know, that's kind of what makes it fun and they're high strung and they're competitive. And so probably the, the thing that makes it the most fun and exciting is also the thing that makes it the hardest that they, mm-hmm. they are high strung and, uh and uh, competitive. So, but it it has been a blast and the three guys you just mentioned, and then there's, there's been a bunch of other great young men who, who've come through, but, uh, they're just good men too. I sure. think that's really, when they're great players and really good men, then you, then you really got something. You can, you can coach a lot of great players in this league that are just not great people and they're not fun to be around, but, but these guys are, are delightful. I've really enjoyed them. They remain friends and will be friends forever. And, uh, and, and so, not only are they great players, but they've been great men. And 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 they, I love that they brought their approach, the same approach to being husbands and fathers. Andrew just had his first baby, and luck that is. And uh, and just to watch him, you know, you know, coach, you think I'm going to be able to do this, you know? And just just to, you know, <laughs> his nerves running wild. That he, you know, he said, I, I just don't know if I have what it takes, you know. And and just wow. to watch him work through family. Uh, and uh, Peyton and Andrew were both. Were, had, did not have kids when I met them, and uh, now have families, and it, so it's really been fun. It's it's a it's really a blessing. I love what I do, and uh, those guys are uh, they are fun to work with, and and part of the fun is is just keeping them on track and, and uh, going the right direction. Uh,
1: that, what a great point. I mean, regardless of talent, uh, you want to be around people you that you like, people that aren't jerks, and that is uh, that, that's so awesome to hear. I mean, you, you like you want to like the people you work with, right?
3: I think so. And it just, if they have a humility, humility and wants to, want to learn, these guys want to be coached. Um, you know, the, the one most freak, you know, I had never met Tom Brady as many times as we played him while we were in Indianapolis. I had never met him. And, uh, you know, you, you know, had painted this picture that everything out of new England was bleak and dark and mean and crooked. And, and uh, here walks in just a delightful guy, just a, uh, just as friendly and humble and, you know, hey, you know, you just tell me what you want to do, and so the the three guys you mentioned there, and most guys who I've come across, they have a humility about them that they want to learn. They don't think they know it all. They want to be coached, and if someone wants to be coached, that you, you can't ask for much more than that, and especially Amen. when they're great players like those three guys are. Amen to that. That is, that
1: is so well said. And even I, you know, I, I remember talking with you about Jameis and, and the type of kid he was, and and the his approach to the game. I, that was awesome to hear about him.
3: Yeah, they, uh, uh, we sent last year, I wish it could have been, been more than one, but man, what the Lord did in both of us and in our relationship and just in his young family, it was, uh, it was, we could use the whole podcast on that, to, that I was encouraged to watch God work and to watch him work at his relationship with the Lord and his, and his his wife, he just got married and they and had a little baby boy and uh yeah. and uh, but he, he was a tremendous as much an encouragement as any guy I've ever coached, to me personally.
1: That that's awesome. That that is so cool to hear.
2: And I love hearing that you say, these these best in the game are both humble and coachable. Isn't that what every coach desires and 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 every parent wants their kid to be? Is humble and coachable. I mean that those are two amazing qualities. Yeah
3: great qualities and I think it is one reason that they are great and that they, you know, there's a lot of talented guys come out but there's not don't have a feeling about it and are humble and really really want to you know, people always you know think Peyton was so difficult but the only time Peyton really ever got angry with you it was if he felt like you weren't coaching him like he didn't want anything taken for granted he wow. always wanted to be improving he always wanted your eyes on stuff and uh, and uh, you know that, that that's a great quality to have we always we always uh, use the term "skin of an armadillo." You know that you want to be coached. You don't. You know you don't, you're not oversensitive. That everything, so a coach says, you're all sensitivity. You think someone's picking on you, and you know that you that you literally you you want to be coached, and uh, and uh, that's those guys are like that. They mm. they want to, you know, it, it, yeah, great quality to have.
1: That's cool. So so I want to kind of want to. Make this question for both of you guys, because you're in this together I mean we're coaching families we're all it's just we're in it together right so and you guys if my math's right, you've been in the NFL for twenty five years, and so I'm sure I know you you've been at the mountaintop, uh, but you also been in those valleys. Can you guys kind of tell me an example of each of those and maybe it's different from each of your perspectives yeah, go
3: ahead I'm be your first.
0: Well, um, this one's kind of easy for me. The, um, we were blessed to be able to go to two Super Bowls um, in, in our um, in our time doing this, and the first one we won, and that's the mountaintop experience <laughs> for sure. But the second one we lost, and it was so hard to get all the way to that last one and lose. Mm. It, I mean, it was so it's so hard to get there, which you guys know that you know. It's the, it's not just about having a great team, but so many things have to go right to make it to that last game, and then to lose it was just so painful. So that's my mountain and valley, both of them at and the I'll Super Bowl. Give them
3: kind, of, kind of the same.
2: Yeah,
3: two things I remember most, and, and I guess for coaches, it's just they're just another game, kinda. And uh, but I think probably my two, you know, the highlight for me was probably Tony, you know, coaching for Coach Dungey and just going through this journey with him and we had buried one of his sons and, uh, and uh, just to see him hoist that trophy and all that meant, and uh, be the first black coach to ever do that black head coach to ever do that. And I, I think that was, that was certainly one of the highlights. And then also I remember our family went in after the Super Bowl. we were waiting for the party and we just got home and just kind of had a family devotion time and just talked about the journey and, and where the Lord had brought us. And, uh, and I, and that was a special moment for me. And just what the kids, and Deb especially, had sacrificed mm. to let me chase what I really love doing. And uh, and uh, so that, that was special for me. Uh, that's, wow. that's cool. That <laughs> that is, that's amazing. <laughs> that, that
2: just gave me chills. You guys' answer just gave me chills. And, and I love how you talked about the sacrifice that the family makes and, and the sacrifice that sometimes the marriages make. And as you guys know, statistics are not kind to coaching marriages. Um how have you all made it work for 40 years?
0: Well, um, I think one of the things that stands out to me is that Clyde's always been so great to include us, include me and our girls in what was going on. Like he'd always encourage us to come to practice. Um, you know, he'd make time for us in any way that he could. We, he'd squeeze it in if it was him slipping home or us. You know, slipping over there. He was so great about that. We always felt like we were part of it. It wasn't just his job; that it was our thing that we that we all did. And so that that was so helpful to me. And and I think too early on, God just showed me that this calling was for both of us. That He Amen. didn't just call Clyde; that He called me as well. And that if He was going to be able to do what He was called to do, then I had to be willing to do what God had called me to do. So um, I was so glad he, he um, showed me that early on, you know, so that um, there weren't too many pity parties along the way, <laughs> you know, with, in those lonely times or those, uh, you know, times of fatigue when you can sometimes feel like a single parent. It was like, no, this is, this is what he's called me to. And so I'm, I'm grateful for that and, and grateful, too, that Clyde was so great about letting us be a
1: part of it. So that, that's awesome. <clears throat> Coach, how, how how Deb says, you, you got them involved and the girls involved. And with all the demands and the time and energy that, that you spend uh, on Sundays and, and getting to Sundays, how, how did you make that intentional? Or, or what did you do to make that intentional for your family?
3: Yeah, it, it was difficult. I mean, it, it was hard. And, and one thing I would say just in answer, even just overlapping Deb's answer on the last question was, it hasn't been easy. Like you know, I would, I would share with coaches that if you think, you know, we had a nice knockdown drag out earlier this week, you know, but it's, it's a, it's, it's not easy. I mean, it's, it's not been easy. It's hard work. And, uh, and ours certainly hasn't just been just smooth sailing the whole way, you know, that we, we we've had to work at it and work through things and figure this thing out. So I wouldn't, wouldn't want anyone to think that, you know, just that it's, that it's all been easy. Um, the one thing, just just the season was the season, and, and I just looked for any any shortcuts that I could do, whether it was writing a note from the hotel on the road and the kids getting a letter from me, whether it was trying to call them. The times when we were off in the NFL, we have Friday night, Friday afternoons off, and I would always try and make that really special, do something so that they were looking forward to Dad coming home. That was really important to me that, you know, they weren't going, oh, boy, here Dad's going to be home any second. We better, we better, you know, better hide. You know, I wanted them to be... I want them, you know, saying, "Hey, Dad's home. Something. He's going to have something fun." And uh, I want them looking forward to Dad coming home. And so we would always, when we were here at Tampa, the first time, we had a little hamburger stand, and you could go down on the beach, and they'd let the kids ring a bell to set the sun, you know, for the official sunset, and you signed a book, and just finding little things that they so they look forward to it, and, and the times you had just to make it special. And uh, our summers were always really important for me, and and we we just tried to. You know, some of them were humble vacations, and we were all crammed in a Days Inn or something down a Myrtle Beach. But man, we just tried to make vacation special. We we always they, they laughed that we always drove because I you know wanted to torture them. I wanted them together, no headsets, no music. We were we were gonna talk. We were gonna you know we were gonna we were we were gonna we were gonna vacation right, and uh, we had the old station wagon with the wood on the side, and uh, and we just load that sucker up, and we'd stay gone as long as we could stay gone, and cover as many miles as we could, and and just have and make vacation fun. And uh, I always felt like summers were really important for coaches just, just because of what followed it, that it was a long stretch following it. So um, it's difficult, uh, but I, I'd, I'd try it a phone call or a note, uh, you know, early, I think when the kids were young, it wasn't as much texting, which would have been nice. Now you got FaceTime and texting, but it took a little bit more of an effort and just, just, just a short note. I'd, I'd try and write them when we were on the road, just so they'd get a note and, uh, uh, from me in the mail. And, uh, so it, it was, a uh, they, they were, they were, they were easy kids. They they always loved getting the shampoo and conditioner from the hotel. When we were on the road. <laughs> so, so I got off pretty easy. I got off pretty easy. And, uh, we were a low maintenance bunch, but just, just anything like one of the daughters collected the sideline passes and one of the daughters collected the shampoo and the conditioner. And, you know, so we just had little traditions we tried to do that, man, that they would look forward to. And that, uh, just, just nothing special but but they became special just because because we did them together and, uh, and and it was fun so that's great I love
2: hearing that special family tradition because that's one of the things that we like to ask is the family traditions and so I love hearing that you guys have those and I'm not gonna lie I love hearing that after 40 years that um, it, it's okay to still not have it all together but it's oh, yeah. still you are still learning um, Cause I'm not gonna lie, I think sometimes at 22 years that we should yeah. have it down by now, and we just don't. And so um, it, it's it's encouraging, and I love you all's transparency that you know what it is hard work. Um, but I we also... had
3: this week, and we you know said, how are we still struggling with this after 40 years? Yeah. This should be fixed by now, yeah. and it's not. And uh, and usually it's my fault, but but. Uh, <laughs> But you know that for, for you know it, you do even even now I'm going after 40 years, this we shouldn't be still struggling oh. and not to fix this area and uh, so that's yeah, I think that is the truth.
2: Well I, and, and Deb, I know for, for you, for all those coaches wives out there who are preparing for this season um, away from their spouse, whether it's you know football or gonna be basketball or baseball, whatever it is, is there any advice that you would give them that you've learned over the years as being the wife of a coach?
0: Well, I, I think I, I sort of said this earlier, but I think just remembering that, um, that God had called me to it too. You know, I have a role in this too. And in order for Clyde to be able to do what he is called to do, and I think God showed me too early on when I would go to watch him on the field, I would see mm. God knew him with those young men and so y'all know so many of those young men don't have a godly example in their lives they don't have dads in the home you know there's they just need that so much and so God showed me that and I think that was such an encouragement and then um too just to know that that it was important for him not to feel not to be worried and concerned about us on Mm -hmm. the home front I really did want to carry my part of that um (laughs) You know, so that helped so much. God, you know, showed me, we're in this together. This is our calling as a couple. And so um, I, I think it helped me to really grab onto it and really enjoy it. I've enjoyed it. And I think, I would, oh yeah, go
2: ahead, Clyde.
3: Yeah, It didn't. I didn't get to part of the question, how have we made it? But I would I would be remiss in not saying that, I really think one way we made it and one reason this worked and one thing that Deb would probably not brag on us is that, is that Deb prays. And uh, I don't know that there's, you know, almost every morning when I come out of my room, she's going to be under her blanket on the couch, cup of coffee, Bible, and I, and she's going to pray for our family and our marriage and everything going on. And I, I think that that would be one of the main beams in our in our in our family that uh, that she's held this thing together with prayer and uh, and has done a great job. I do think we've we've done. Tried hard to make sure that everyone understood this is what cook, they called Dad to do. God called Dad to do this, and so when we were a college coach and I was gone for three weeks at a time, that they kind of understood it. In one way that I thought was really important was that, and Deb did a great job of just sharing, "Hey, here's what your Dad's doing. Here's here's what's going on, man." And, and we'd have kids in our house all the time, and Deb would cook for them, and and uh, just for the kids to see that they, you know, it wasn't just, I wasn't just disappearing for three weeks doing something I loved, but it was what God called me to do. And, uh, and I thought it was really important for us to share, Hey, guess what? You know, this guy came to know the Lord. Hey, this guy's getting married. Someone had a bet, you know, just that they'd be tied into these guys' lives and, uh, and, and understand that it was big. And so just to share, Hey, let me tell you what God has done through this thing for them to go to an FCA banquet or something and hear, hear what God's done was really, really important so that they, Hopefully, you know when I, I missed a lot of dance recitals, I missed a lot of birthdays, you know, through the years, and God kind of had to fill the void. But just that they understood it wasn't just, you know, a selfish thing that it was that it was what I, you know, was called to do, and uh, and that there was a reason for it. There was an eternal, there was a kingdom purpose for it.
2: I I love hearing it. you guys talk about this as a couple because. Um, like prayer. I, I think it's the one thing, it's the one thing nobody knows if you do. And it's the one thing nobody knows if you don't do. And, um, but the reality is, you know, that she does that. And that makes all the difference in the world for you and your family. And on the flip side, Clyde, you're not just a coach, you know, Deb, you're saying we are a coaching family. And mm-hmm. that just that shift of perspective.
1: And that your kids are hearing that. Yeah. I mean, they're hearing that and they're seeing that. And uh, so there's no resentment there. There's more like, this is what we do. This is what our family does. And this is what we love. And this is what we're right.
3: called to. And that's, that's awesome. We've had some we've had some great family meetings. And, and, and that's where, I, like, a lot of times we all, all families will get together and pray about a move and stuff. But then just to, I w- we always try to purpose to have a meeting, at, hey, a year later, Hey, we prayed that, you know, you'd find a school and a best yeah. friend and a this and a that, and look what's happened, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, you know, just, and just to go back and make go sure that we didn't to. just go pass by that. Hey, God answered a bunch of prayers. Mm. Hey, here, here's the reason for the move. God's done this with your dad and da, 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 And, uh, and, and so we, we, we really tried to have times. That's why I let Superbowl that it was way bigger than just us. it wasn't just a Super Bowl. It was, Hey, look at how. You know, we got fired at Tampa, and we ended up in Indianapolis. And remember, we were all so disappointed, and we were going to have to move. And but look what God's done. And then and then just tying the thing together. You know, looking back on it, I think it's really important that their faith would be built up so that now when they go through things themselves, they understand. Yeah, well, I remember moving. We didn't. No one wanted to, and we got fired, and we were all feeling low and down. But man, God always is faithful. He's always got ten billion things going that we don't know about, and let me share a few of them through our lives, and uh, so we were really, really intentional about making sure that that we dialogue those things after the fact, also how God had used them, how God was faithful, and uh, that they would understand that too.
2: Prayer and yeah,
3: praise—that's
2: yeah. it. I love that. Prayer and, and praise.
1: And if you, I think, if you don't revisit that and, and you don't praise God for for when He does answer prayers or when he, when He does show up in your life, that you're gonna you're gonna forget to. Uh, how important prayer is and how, that he does show up in your life. That that's incredible. So
3: I think there's some honesty things too. I mean, I remember sitting him down and saying, Hey, dad lost his job. I don't, we haven't found anything yet. And I just, just trust me as I trust God that he's going to provide. I don't have any doubt he's going to provide. I don't have any idea what it's going to be right now. And dad's really hurting or, you know, just to be authentic and to, just to share with the kids that they understand the journey. And then, then it's fun to go back. Hey, look at, and we were at that point and dad was really low. Dad he wasn't sure where the job was going to come from. And the Lord came through and man, that turned into this or that. And, uh, and, uh, but, but there's been many a time where I've just called him in and said, Hey, you know, dad, dad got fired. And, and, uh, you know, I feel terrible about myself and we're going to fight through this thing and our family's going to come through. And we're going to trust God. And that's what we're going to do. That's all I know to do. I don't have any answers for you other mm-hmm. than that. going to come through on this thing. And, uh, so there, there were a lot of those, a lot of those family meetings too that, uh, were, you know, and and I think for Dad not to always say, hey, I got this, okay, and I was, we were always careful. Dad's not the provider of this family. Oh, God's the provider. Dad, dad's a just a point. steward, just like you guys. We're going to try and be obedient, and God's going to provide it. We're going to trust Him to do that. And uh, I think sometimes dads are afraid to just say, hey, I got no idea where we're headed with this thing. I, I have no idea why this some of them are right some of them aren't right but you know that even the injustice how we react to the injustice is for them to see it and just understand that it's god that, that god'll pull this thing together if we're patient and let him do that so um that that's i, I think really really important for for families that we, we kind of neglected and especially dads we want to you know, just want everyone to think we got it in control and we're not hurting and we're not scared. And we're not, you know, it didn't hurt my feelings. They fired us. You know, it was a stinky job anyway. Well, yeah, no. And then, you know, and, and then you're in crying on your pillow and uh, not sure what the heck you're going to do with your life next. And uh, and if I'm supposed to sell life insurance or something. So that those were I thought it was really important. Not that there's anything wrong with life insurance, but <laughs> that, that it was really important for me to you know, be authentic with them and just, just Mm -hmm. because that's the journeys they're going to face. You know, we have the pregnant daughter and you know, she's scared to death with this first one. And, but she's seen her dad be scared. Mm -hmm. She's seen her dad be feel like things were uncertain other than just clinging to Jesus. And that, that's, that's a, that's one of the best lessons I could teach them. Not the dad will provide. That's not the lesson. The lesson is, Hey, you know, just do what your dad, what you watched your dad do. Just grab hold of Jesus and cling, oh, and hang on for dear it. life, you know. So yeah,
1: that is, oh. that, Clyde, your wisdom, man, It's just like soaking through this screen, no, man. That is so well said.
3: Boxed up a lot of things along the way. So <laughs> well, let, let, let's rewind. Doing
1: that. I'm oh, sorry. So so let's rewind to uh, one of our favorite, one of Sarah and I's favorite parts about your faith story is how you were yeah. mentored by Billy Graham. And uh, you're a North Carolina athlete uh, at the time. And so and Billy Graham's near and dear to us. One of our sons, his middle name is Graham, because we, we just love the Graham. So how did he impact your faith journey?
3: Yeah, I'd have to tell you, it, it, like, it would be a little bit strong to say he mentored me. But I'll tell you this, I, I flew from Los Angeles to North Carolina in January, transferred to University of North Carolina. Long story short did not know a soul there, had no idea what awaited me, and a dentist, Danny Lotz, and his wife, Ann Graham Lotz, called the first weekend and said, hey, we read where you were a Christian, how about if we pick you up, take you to church, and we'll take you out to lunch after work. Long story short, becomes fast friends to this day, and uh, God just brought them at the perfect time, perfect people into into my life, you know, as a a college kid that could go either direction with his life, frankly, and... uh, and then next thing you know, in the summers, we're up at Black Mountain, up at Dr. Graham's house, and I'm sitting there, and we're sitting there at the dinner table talking to Dr. Graham and Mrs. Graham, and man, it, it was just phenomenal. And uh, and then all those years after, kind of whenever we were up in the mountains, he would let us bring. I'd bring over. He'd always encourage. Hey, would you bring a couple coaches over to, you know, sit with me for in a couple hours? Will I? Yeah, absolutely. Do you think anyone would want? Me? Yeah, sure. I promise <laughs> you they would. But. Uh, but what I did learn from him, which was the question, you know, to say that I was best friends with him or mentored by him would, would be a little bit of a stretch. But, but he, you know, like he did with everyone, he took an interest in your life. And uh, I think probably what I loved about him was that he, he he loved the word. He his Christianity, even though he was so accomplished, he was one of the most. He was the most humble guy I've probably ever met. Mm-hmm. Him and Coach Dungey were two of the most humble guys I've ever met. And then he just loved his Bible. He loved his Bible. And uh, and then he, and he, he felt like he'd been a Christian a week instead of 60 years, you know. that wow. I remember going in on his 90th birthday, and we were just sitting there. And He'd gotten a new Bible, and he was all excited because he said, Hey, look, this thing has maps in the back of it. And he was so <laughs> excited about his new Bible. And he showed me these maps, and, you know, and then he, he showed me, like, you know, that he had— his eyesight was going and he said, Hey, you know, I can have someone read me the Bible, everything except the Psalms. He said, look at this notebook. And he had this big old, uh, New York phone book size notebook where his secretary had typed all the Psalms in about three inch font. And he said, the Psalms are my, I got to read my own Psalms. And and so he had this note and he just loved the Psalms. And he said, like, don't mind anyone, but that's my intimate time with the Lord, the Psalms. And, uh, but he had a, he had a, he had a love of the scriptures and a love of the Lord and a humbleness to go with it. And and just a freshness that I've always, I've always admired that that it it just felt fresh. He was so excited about being a Christian that, uh, you know, even at 90, even at 93, 95, all the way to the end, he just had an excitement. And uh, I think I forget when, maybe 95 was the last time I saw him. And he just said, I just, I think he was going to have a big, one more big speech. He said, I just, you know, I thought I was going to die at about 90 and then all of a sudden, (laughs) he left me, The Lord left me here. So I felt like I better do something else. So he had a, a big thing coming. He said, I just, you know, he said, I just, I wanted to be useful. If the Lord had one more thing that he was leaving me here for, I want to make sure I did that. And, uh, and he just saw his life that way being a, being poured out as a drink offerings scripturally. And, and just that, uh, you know, I do remember. You know, he had a great sense of humor. But he just said, hey, you know, I, I thought I was going at about 90, but you know, all of a sudden he leaves me here, so I better find something to do for him. And uh, and that's just how he approached it. And uh, and Mrs. Graham was one of the sweetest ladies, just sparkles in her eyes, and just and they focused on you and all the things they had going on. You could sit at their dinner table, and they and they would they would they were a hundred percent there, hundred percent there. There weren't, you know. They they weren't distracted, which they should be, could have been, and uh, but they were they were involved, and it was it was it was pretty neat.
2: I love how it was really the family that really took you guys in, starting with Ann Graham Watts and her husband, which is yeah. Graham Watts is you know Billy and Ruth's daughter, and and I love how they it was ministry has been a family thing for them, and I feel like the Christiansens has taken that same approach of, of using. Football as a ministry opportunity that you guys have um, taken people in and come alongside people and made them feel the same way that that Coach or that uh, Reverend Billy Graham and his family made you guys feel because that's how Chris and I feel every time that we talk to you guys is Ooh. we feel that same way of that same humility encouragement, encouragement mm-hmm. um, love mm-hmm. for the Lord so what you got from them. I feel like every time Chris and I talk to you, we get that same same thing from you. So um, with that being said, we we want to take in as much wisdom as we can (laughs) from you guys. So if we were to ask you, what is God teaching you all right now? What would you say?
0: Mm. You know, um. I think one of the big things God is tr- trying to teach me right now, and th- this has been an ongoing lesson for me, is just being flexible, being flexible. Uh, you know, with this virus, um, we're still sort of new to Tampa. So, you know, we're kind of in a finding our way with that. You know, our kids are gone now. We've got grandkids, another one coming. There's so many things that are uncertain. Plus, job right now, just so, so much uncertainty and. By nature I love having a game plan I like a plan I like to follow my plan you know and so in this in these crazy uncertain times I think God is just teaching me to be flexible to trust him day by day moment by moment love that would have been my, my big lesson as of late
3: I think mine would have be, um just simply just how much he enjoys and I enjoy spending time with him in the more, you know that this virus thing has put us at home more and, uh, mm. just, I've had more time just sitting on the porch and talking to the Lord and, and thinking about Him and enjoying Him and, uh, and literally not, not just in a rush to seek his hand for this, his hand for that, his mm. blessing on this and his blessing on that. And, and just spent a lot of time in the gospels, just trying to make sure I got to know Jesus better. And, uh, and our Bible study with the coaches has been in John and we just looked at Jesus life and tried to get to know him better. And, uh, would i would uh he's shown up in kind of a, a rich rich time for me spiritually these last three months during the virus when we have been kind of trapped in the house and uh and it's really been a blessing of sorts for me personally in a in a spiritual sense
2: i i i i, I love that he's teaching you guys that because he is um i i think that that he's teaching a lot of believers that same thing and like i just said when we think of of deb and, and clyde christensen we think of the greatest <coughs> commandment right that, that jesus gave which was to love the lord your god with all your heart soul and strength and love your neighbor as yourself i mean you all love the lord and others so well um and and we've been on the end of that and so it during this time of craziness and a lot of people are are living in fear and anxiety and uncertainty, what is some encouragement of how can believers right now, um, show and be a part of that greatest commandment that Jesus gave to love Jesus and love others? How can believers right now do that?
3: Well, I would say, you know, for me that, um, just to be intentional that that uh, mm-hmm. to look for what the what what opportunities is God going to bring apart. It, it's amazing how far you can get with people just by being kind and mm-hmm. being interested in their lives. Like I I think people are dying just not to, you know, not to be arguing and not to hear your opinion and not to hear this and that and you know just 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 to befriend people and uh and I, so I, I think for me it's just been you know how how starved for relationships people are and that you just whether it's a janitor or the cook or a waitress or a, mm. you know, your next door neighbor or something, just, just to take time, not, you know, for the, we, there's no reason for us to be in a hurry right now. You know, that it's, it's kind of a time where we're not in a hurry and we can take some time and just stand out in the yard and, and hear people's stories and uh, and be intentional about getting to know people and find out what's going on and in, in their lives. And so, so I think just, just trying to be intentional and, and and in that way, and just, I always try to stay sensitive. Hey, why did God bring this guy into my life? You know, why do you, why do you, why did I cross paths with this guy at the golf course, you know, mm-hmm. and, and who who knows, you just ne- you never know, you never know what that is or or why that is. And, uh, but I, I think just for us to just kind of forget about ourselves and our own agendas a little bit and just care about people and just, you know, it's, it doesn't take a lot. It, it's, it's fun once you get doing it. And it's, uh, you know, not to always be talking about ourselves and this and that. And, and, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that that would probably be what what hits me at this during this time.
2: So, no, no, getting on social media and sharing our opinion on on <laughs> the virus and masks and and everything else. Maybe, <laughs> maybe plenty of people
0: just, doing masks. Just, just <laughs> making
2: maybe, sure maybe, I heard you right.
3: <laughs> electronics, we probably couldn't if we wanted to, but but I do think just you know all the arguing, all the tension, yeah. all the you know yes, the, and uh, there's a lot lot built up inside of people that. Uh, that I think just with just just a gentle touch, you can bring out and mm-hmm. and talking. And, and, and then there comes a time. The Lord's going to give you time to share him. And uh, mm-hmm. and he is the answer. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I but I think just a little patience and just just mm-hmm. people. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm amazed how lonely people are. I'm amazed how how lost people are. I'm amazed how hurting people are. Mm-hmm. And uh, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's it staggers me. Some some of the folks hands they've been dealt.
2: Love God and love people. That's, that's, mm. that's what I, I I love about you all's family, and um, I hope everybody listening will get the same take, message.
1: Take that more than anything else. Yeah, Just hear that's that right it. Love there. God
2: and love people right there.
1: So we're winding down here, and the last thing we like to do is our two-minute drill. So uh, oh. we, we are it's rapid-fire questions, um, mm. there's no, and there's no timeouts, uh, <coughs> so it, it, it's, we, you got to go. But before we get there, we have a sponsor. Uh, which is really cool. So our sponsor is the NFL Alumni Association of Georgia and Eagle Universal Services. Ready to serve, Eagle Universal Services is a contract service provider providing itself as a for-profit business doing nonprofit work. Thank you, NFL Alumni Association of Georgia and Eagle Universal Services.
2: Okay, so you guys ready for the two-minute drill? Mm, I
1: think so. We'll see.
2: Okay, <laughs> all right. Chris has the timer, and so um he will let us know when that buzzer is ready
1: all right we ready We ready okay go and
2: okay what is your favorite date night restaurant um
3: we probably love to go to the mexican restaurant and just sit outside and eat mexican food
2: Ooh, that sounds amazing um if you could hang out with any person for a day who would it be Together, as a couple, or <laughs> just <individual?
3: laughs> However you want to answer it. However
2: you can do, individual, however you want to answer it. Oh,
1: gosh. You know, I've
3: always wanted to meet President Obama. I, I've, okay. I've always thought he'd be interesting and uh, probably a little different uh, philosophically from me, but I, I've always found him interesting, and I always loved how he appeared to care for his family and his wife and his marriage.
2: Mm, so good you going, you just going with them and meet Michelle. I'm
0: just, I'm just going with it. Okay. He's <laughs> coming to mind. I'm sorry.
2: What is your favorite family vacation?
0: Usually involves the beach, but I'd have to say our number one is black mountain.
3: Black yeah. We, Mount. black
0: mountain.
3: we yeah. go to the FCA coaches conference every year for the last, whatever, 40 some years. And, uh, we love going up there. They canceled it this year. So we took all the grandkids up there and, uh, had a great three or four days, just played in the creek and hiked. And we even had our own little dog patch Olympics. I was mad at my son-in-law. He intercepted a pass for a touchdown and I'm ripping my daughter and going, what is your husband doing right now? He just passed from the five-year-old grandson and everyone's crying and he's running That's down. father-in-law
2: bonding right there. That there is- you go.
3: But uh, we, we, we love Black Mountain and we love the beach, but Black Mountain just spiritually has a special spot for us, our girls.
2: Okay, what's your favorite junk food? Um, Halo Top. Pizza. Favorite movie?
0: Bitfire Grill.
3: Uh, Grandkids just left. I'm going to say Angels in the Outfield.
2: Thank you guys My for wife completing. wasn't quick enough
3: for the line of scrimmage oh, a couple no. of times. That, <laughs> that, I that, think we might have we might have got to
1: field goal range on that one. But we we might have got, got a field goal.
3: She probably cost us a touchdown. <laughs> sorry, so. sorry.
2: Hey,
1: you guys are an amazing couple, and we can't thank you enough uh, for coming on hmm. this, but more importantly, your example, uh, your willingness to share your lives, and just the encouragement that you are to Sarah and I. Hmm. Thank,
0: Thank you guys
3: you.
2: so much
0: for, for joining God. us. Yes. And it's the
3: same with us. You're an encouragement to us. Yes. And, uh,
0: Thanks for you, what you're doing. We,
3: we love our profession. We love coaches, coaches, families, and uh, just still feel like it is the greatest profession ever. And, and, uh, and uh, a high calling, high caught call, one of the highest of callings and uh, right up there with being a dad and a husband. And, and uh, so we, we, we really do love an opportunity to do this and, share what God's done on our journey. We haven't got everything right, but we've uh, we've been committed to figuring it out and are still committed to just, just drawing closer and figuring this thing out more and more. Amen. Awesome.
2: And we love being a part of that and, and hearing those stories and how you're figuring it out and you're figuring out is helping us figure it out. So um, thank you guys so much for joining Huddle Up and everybody else until next time when we hear more of God's story, your story, and our story.
1: Thanks for listening to the podcast. Sarah and I love getting to share other people's stories. If you could just do us a couple favors. One, if you could just subscribe to the Hello Up with Chris and Sarah podcast. Two, review it. If you liked it, you didn't like it, or somewhere in between, that just really helps us to develop the content and just the questions that we ask our guests. And third, just share it. If it's something that you enjoyed or administered to you or you think others would like it, please just share it with them. And until next time, when you huddle up with Chris and Sarah Roberts.